Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View and good morning. We celebrate the people who make coastal Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play every single morning. So we really appreciate you joining us on 103.1, or maybe you're listening on your favorite podcast. I know I listen to the show, you know, on uh, Spotify, but uh, all the popular podcast platforms. You might be watching uh, on YouTube at the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube channel or the Super Talk Mississippi uh, Facebook page or the Super Talk Gulf Coast Facebook page. But however you're uh, listening to this show, hopefully you're listening in your car or in the office at 103.1. We really appreciate you making this a priority to, to pay attention and to celebrate with us uh, the people who are making such a difference here in coastal Mississippi. We've got a great show today. I'll tell you more about that in just a second. But let me bring Kyle into the conversation and just say, good morning, Kyle. How you doing, buddy? Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Hey, Luke, we had this great stretch of cool weather and uh, snow uh, yesterday up in the, up in the uh, I think, the upper parts of the state. Um, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't at my place in the Delta, but I had friends of mine who were there sending amazing pictures from there. Um, it's a it's it's a winter wonderland up there. Yeah, explain to us what we're seeing here. For those, that this are- is actually this is actually one of the roads into where we have a food plot for for you know we do a lot of deer hunting and duck hunting. This for people on who are listening on the radio, we're showing this to the Facebook audience. It's it's just a beautiful picture of trees just literally loaded with snow. Um, you know, too bad we didn't have that a, a you know a few weeks ago and could have had a. A, uh, a a white Christmas. Yeah, I think that I twenty corridor is pretty much the dividing line. Anything north of that got snow. There's yeah, a lot of pictures coming from North Mississippi today. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. They 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 really have enjoyed it. You know, we don't get that too often, so people kind of take it all in. You know. No, I was on snow patrol this morning. My wife told me yesterday or last night that I needed to check on uh, the rain if it was snowing. Uh, and then knew it was going to be starting about three o'clock. And then so three 30, you know, first time I heard raindrops, I'm like, all right, I got to get up. And I wasn't, <laughs> able to go to sleep. and it still wasn't snowing. It was. So, it was so, so you're going to need a nap today. Oh, I maybe, I don't think I'm going to get <laughs> up though. Got to gear myself hey, somebody up as a soccer game tonight. And it's going to be cold. Oh, for sure, man. Listen, um, Someone once wrote this as if you have you ever taken a nap so good that you thought you missed the school bus, but it's Sunday and you're 32. <laughs> Been there. Oh, that was pre- <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. But hey, listen real quick. Um, man, you did a good job at the Saints game for people. I, I'll just remind everybody he played Kyle plays the music at the Superdome during the Saints games. You, 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 man, you knocked it out of the park Sunday. Thank you. We had, it was a good game. I was kind of uh, not going to lie. I was a little worried there in the first half, especially that first quarter, slow start um, offensively. Anyway, defense looked good. Uh, You know, looked a lot better in the second half, kind of felt better about next week's game. um, Yeah. Based on what I saw in the second half, but man, they can't start that slow next week. That's for sure. 
That's one of the things they talked about. They talked about, um, man, I mean, it's been it's something that's kind of plagued them this year. Slow starts. Um, but, yeah, and you know, I don't know what it is. Work it I don't out. know how to get past it, but they, they have to figure something out. They're not going to, you know, it's it, it's already going to yeah. be built up so much just between Brady and Breeze and their age. And oh, yeah. Wow. Third Unbelievable. Time. Hey, we have Looking forward to Jeff Duncan being on the show on Friday. Jeff Duncan has covered the Saints longer than anyone else on earth. He works at the Athletic, and um, we have Saints Friday. And I, you know, the fact that we're having Saints Friday means they won, and we're going to continue to do this until the season is over. But Jeff's the man, isn't he? He is. I'm really looking forward to what he has to say about the, this past week game. Yeah. He had a book signing uh, Saturday night at the Island View. Uh, talked to him Sunday just before the game, and he said the book signing was absolutely incredible of his new book, uh, uh, Peyton and Breeze, uh, the definitive book about those two men, you know, the, the best coach and quarterback tandem, yeah. tandem in the history of the NFL. But he was really delighted. So, anyway, thank you, Kyle, and we'll, we'll move welcome. on. I got one more. Okay. Well, I have a. A positive thought that I want to share with you. Uh, I hope that you're doing well on the Coast Views Challenge, incidentally, um, which is to take the best, the net, uh, the best version of yourself into the post-pandemic life. So let's make the best six months, which is about what it's going to take for the vaccine to kick in. Let's make the next six months the best six months of your life. It, it could be just getting healthy. It could be being more kind, or maybe it's just focusing on being yourself. And my friend Renee. Uh, McDaniel posted this, which I think is terrific from hey, Mandy Hale. It says this, just be yourself. Let people see the real and perfect, flawed, quirky, weird, beautiful, magical person that you are. I think sometimes we forget that uh, we're working so hard to be something for somebody else that we just forget to be ourselves. And there's something liberating about being yourself. So anyway, good luck on the Coast View Challenge. Uh, so now let's, let's, let's turn the page and move over to our guest today. Jonathan Allen uh, of J. Allen Automotive Group. Uh, he, he's a he's become a good friend, and uh, he's got a great story to tell. And I just want to say good morning to you, Jonathan. How are you? Good morning, Ricky. Thanks for letting me come on. It's good to see you. Look, I told you that when we visited during the Telesouth Job Fair, that we had to come back together and have a conversation. We 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 talked a little bit about your your family legacy in the auto business, and we didn't have a a long time to chat. But I've been really looking forward to coming back together and, and chatting with you because um, it's really impressive the work that you're doing to sort of establish your name as uh, in the community and in the uh, automotive arena as it relates to just the industry or maybe it's just in your dealership. Um, uh, you, you've got a, you've got a, a cool story to tell. So welcome back. Hey, it's good to be here. So anyway, when we talked last, you talked it's September the second when that was incidentally. You said that um, you know you had shut your business down actually for three weeks. Uh, you made the decision to do that. You didn't lay anybody off, which I think was a terrific decision. And that by not doing that, it actually helped you get cranked back up again. Where people laid people off, they had to go find new employees, and that affects your culture and all kinds of things. But how has the end of the year turned out for you? Gosh, it was a crazy year. Um, to fast forward to right now, we just had a manager's meeting where um, all of our team members or our managers uh, did three personal goals and three professional goals. And it's amazing how last year 
um, is, you know, more or less was their guiding light and what is important to them this year versus last year. And there was a lot of goals, personal goals about spending more better quality time with family because they got to do some of that this year. And for us as a business, I like to encourage more family time to use their vacation time and, uh, you know, work is work, but, um, there's, there's, there's more important things out there. So, um, Last year was um, an anomaly. Like there's nobody, there's no way to have prepared for that. And um, really, we just can only take things as they came and make decisions accordingly. And um, the decision to close the dealership for three weeks, um, I, I stressed about it for a few days when, when in, in those those early days in March when it was really ticking up of, of flatten the curve and slow the spread. And I was just like, look, how can I make it to where our team makes the most um, feels the, the best about the decision making we're doing all the while still protecting the company? Um, it was the right move for us to close the business. And to give everybody that time off and peace of mind that their income wouldn't stop and uh, that they could have what, what was perceived at the time as the highest spread uh, of the of the coronavirus. So kind of gave them that peace of mind. But during that three weeks, we had everybody just kind of itching to get back to work and um, and to take care of our customers and that kind of thing, which set the rest of the year up for some great teamwork. We really did. I mean, we've got such a great team here and we've had very little turnover this year and everybody's been really appreciative of the decisions that we were making. And it seems like it's worked uh, to build our team and really to figure out that our mission is to help Toyota customers. That it's that simple. We sell and service Toyotas and we're here for everybody that has a Toyota. It's that easy. Well, one of the things you mentioned when we talked back during the job fair is that while sales might have been down at the time that service was up and that you you sort of balanced things out. If you look at sort of how you ended the year, if you go to the end of December, um, did sales continue to pick up for you guys? It did. It did. Um, normally, March, April, May are big months in the car business. We sell lots of volume in those months, and we lost those months because everybody was really kind of batting down, which made months like November and before Christmas is always pretty slow because we're competing with Santa Claus around that time. And just those moments that uh, um, it really just changes the the dynamic. And yeah. uh, it did pick up. It just changed how it picked up. And where, you know, inventory was an issue throughout the year, um, we couldn't get as many cars as we needed to sell. So we serviced a lot of vehicles. People opted to do the servicing of their vehicle instead of, you know, trading it in and getting a new one. So it just changed the game. So, Jonathan, let's do this. This is Jonathan Allen from uh, J. Allen Automotive. And what we're going to do when we come back, I want to talk about what some of the trends have been in the, around the world, actually, as it relates to auto sales. And then I want to get back to uh, you were born in Ocean Springs, and, and I, want to, I want to take your little journey that brought you into that seat today. We'll be back with Jonathan right after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all of the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jonathan Allen joining us today. He's the president of J. Allen Automotive, and he's a third-generation uh, auto dealer. And we'll, we'll be talking more about that as we get into this. You actually have another company that you're involved with called All Terrain Productions. What is that, Jonathan? Well, you might have noticed for the last 10 years, I've been on TV commercials for a long time. And we used to have an advertising agency that we would go out of town and do many commercials all at once. And WLX, we did some commercials there for a little while. But I met a videographer that came and applied at the dealership uh, for an oil change position. And I saw he had a degree in videography from Southern Mississippi. And I asked him, uh, would he be interested in making some YouTube videos for me? And it turns out he was really good. And uh, we, we passed on doing uh, uh, ex- express oil changes, and we formed a company together, and we do all of our video production. And we've done some video production for um, for some local philanthropies as well as other uh, small businesses. And uh, we, we kind of like highlighting business when it comes to advertising. Yeah, I've seen his work, and he really does do. You know, first of all, we see it through the TV, but in, in through some of the other productions that he has yeah. done, terrific work. What's his name, incidentally? His name's Michael Terrell, and it's it's funny. We're all Terrain Productions, and I'm Alan. It's Terrell for Terrain. It just was a an easy name for us to come up with. All Terrain Productions, <laughs> and it's kind of a car car thing. <laughs> hey, before we move too far away from the pandemic, I mentioned before we went to break that. Um, one of the things that I like to do before uh, I ha- have a conversation with someone like you is this opportunity to focus for the next 24 hours on the next guest. And, it's, and it always unleashes all kinds of reading opportunities. But one, one I really was interested in learning about was the pandemic literally impacted the world. Every country in the world has been impacted. So when it comes to auto sales, it's sort of the basis uh, for the recovery of the automotive industry around the United States. And how is it, I mean, excuse me, around the world? And how is it doing? And what I learned is that in China and Europe and the U.S., um, as we approach the end of the year, uh, it was proving to be a very resilient industry, that the automotive industry was being very resilient. But there were a couple of little um, uh, points that said that it could take Europe and the U.S., um, maybe even in the 2023, to actually get back to pre-COVID levels. What's your your read on that? I think it's going to depend mostly on the manufacturing capabilities. You know, we're we're in a, a a global world now where parts and supplies come from all over the world to put every make and model of car. Just because you know General Motors is a predominantly American brand, uh, the cars aren't all predominantly American parts. Same with Toyota. Toyota has partnerships with um, with all countries of all automotive part suppliers. And that is definitely going to play a factor in what inventory is available in the future, given um, the new nature of global trade. And and we've got a close eye, or the auto industry has a very close eye on how global trade will affect our inventory production. And that's going to have a big play a very big part into what vehicles people can and can't buy at what times. I wish I had a crystal ball that could tell you when it's going to be back to new normals or whatever normal might be. But... It's definitely a global world we're part of. It, it is, too. And, and look, one of the things we've talked about on this show many times is that there were a lot of trends that were in place before the pandemic hit. And uh, just like there were a lot of trends before in place before Katrina hit. And what happens when you have a disaster, it, it tends to speed up those trends related to technology, how we're doing this show, for example. Um, it will be very interesting to look back and see how the pandemic 
uh, you know, sped up trends, created new trends. I mean, truth is, we'll never be back to where we were just in general. I think that, that, that everything will change in some way. And um, you think about Katrina, in some ways, there's still a recovery effort going on here, and it's 15 years later. Mm-hmm. But this is not uh, a storm that hit just South Mississippi. It hit the world. So imagine 15 years from now, we're still probably going to still be trying to understand what the impact of all this was. I mean, it's, it's going to be very dynamic, don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, gosh, I wish I knew, you know? Yeah. <laughs> all you can do is, you know, <laughs> you focus on the here and now. Do the best you can today. That's the one thing you can control. That's right. Don't worry about yesterday. Focus on today and, and, and plan for tomorrow. Hey, let's go back a little bit. You were born in Ocean Springs, and I was really thrilled to see that you grew up. Um, you went to Bellevue Elementary. That's where I went to school. You went to Bellevue Junior High. I went to Bellevue Junior High. And you went to Gulfport High. You probably would have gone to Gulfport East if there would have been a Gulfport East at the time. Yeah. But uh, tell me about growing up. Okay. So I was born in Ocean Springs Hospital. And uh, and I but I am born and raised in Gulfport and uh, and why Ocean Springs Hospital? I, I don't really know. My mother made that decision. So uh, um, so I was born over there and uh, had a great life growing up in Bellevue. And um, my childhood was filled with riding bikes and, and running around with friends and playing football and, and whatever open field we could find and uh, and throwing a ball. I mean, that's 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 what we did with our spare time after I did all my chores and made sure my homework was finished. That was about about it. And played played lots of team sports. And uh, and those those were very good for my growth. Yeah. Bellevue. I grew up in Bellevue, too. And uh, uh, my friends who were all raised near me, like Farrell Allman and uh, Roy Anderson and Gordon Myrick and a long list of people, um, we all raised within a, a block or two of one another. But what a great place to, to grow up, wasn't it? Completely agree. I have my same list of people. A lot of them are their sons yeah. that, that, I, that I grew up uh, running around the neighborhood with. Yeah, it is. It was it was really good. And in this, you know, as as I talk more and more about these values that make coastal Mississippi so special, um, I think sometimes we need a reminder of what those things are. If you, I don't care if you grew up in Gulfport or Biloxi or wherever, people tend to th- t- tend to think of where they grew up and uh, the values that existed then as so incredibly special. I mean, this this is a great place to live, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have lived in Atlanta and in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I chose to come back. Absolutely. So you're OK. So your grandfather, Bert Allen, was uh, was in the business over 30 years here in coastal Mississippi. I knew him, worked with him when I was at, at the Sun Herald. Your father, David Allen, uh, was you know, I, I knew him as well. Um, but I was I was interested to learn that your your other grandfather uh, on your mother's side really had a tremendous influence on you. He did. He introduced me to Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy, and uh, I still have those books that were in his attic when and when I th- remember thinking that Zig Ziglar was an interesting name, and uh, and then I, I had some of his. Uh, uh, success sales tapes, sell your way to the top. And what I learned from those things was that it wasn't just about sales over everything, you know, make the sale, make the sale. It was make the sale for the right customer, for the right reasons. And, and, and that kind of influence really was a groundwork for 
I, I grew up in around car business. It doesn't have the best uh, industry names. You know, used car salesman can be a dirty word sometimes. So I, I know what people didn't like about sales. So when I was reading this stuff, all influenced by my grandfather, my other, my non-car business grandfather, I was like, this is the stuff that needs to be brought to the car business. This is the vibe that people need to see that car dealers are now operating under instead of, you know, pull the wool over your eyes, just hurry up and sign the paperwork type stuff. I knew that my generation of dealers was going to be the ones to get rid of that stigma. Yeah. Uh, so interested to to hear you mention Zig Ziglar. Um, he had a big influence on me and the book that he wrote called top performance mm -hmm. is one of the best management books I, I have ever read. I have, a, I have an MBA. And it was interesting. It, I often with people who worked with me, I would often come back of, of all the management books I had access to. I would always come back to top performance because it very specifically just talked about, uh, you know, developing expectations and then managing around those expectations. And the way he talked about them is really using common language um, was really a, a, a real key in, in my success as a leader in, in the, uh, you know, w with whatever I did, just getting back to the basics and understanding how to do that. He had yeah. that kind of same influence on you, huh? Yes. Relaying value and, and where value is relayed. I mean, it's, it's okay to know that value is worth something and to, to, to ask for, uh, for that value to be transferred. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're helping people's lives, there's nothing wrong with, um, you know, providing value and getting paid for that. That's what Zig Ziglar taught me. So you, you talked about going into the, and I, I think about this too, because my dad was in the uh, carpet business and interior business and then built homes for a period of time, but I remember going into his carpet business and the smell of the carpet. There's something, there was just oh, something oh. about, I grew up on around that. You talk about the same thing going into a showroom at a, at a car dealer. It just, it just tell, tell about what you remember most about that. Okay. Yes. Um, walking into my grandfather's Pontiac GMC Mercedes dealership, it had blue tile on the floors and I could smell the rubber from the tires. And just the fact that cars were inside was a unique thing in the first place for, for me. But, it, you know, I was so subjected to it growing up as, as a young man and stuff and, and getting, getting to go to the dealership and say hello to Bert and, then being involved at the Toyota dealership that my dad was running and operating, that smell of the showroom was always such a unique thing. Another thing was walking into the parts departments and, and seeing all these rows of parts and stacks of air filters and things. And it just had this vibe that was like, there's stuff going on here. And I, and I always loved it. This is Jonathan Allen from J. Allen Toyota, and we're going to, our automotive group, and you know him from uh, the Toyota dealership. We're going to uh, talk about a, sort of a non-traditional route he took with his education, because he knew when he was just a kid that he was going to do this. And then I want to talk about the dealership and your community work as well. We'll be back after this break. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Jonathan Allen with us today from J. Allen Automotive, the Toyota dealership. You know him. Uh, he's really active in the community. He's really active in his industry. 
and we're just kind of taking his his uh, his uh, journey. You know, Jonathan. Some people think just because your grandfather and your father were in the business that it's just automatic. You know, you and your brother would just you know automatically just be in the business. It doesn't work that way, does it? No, no, no. Uh, if, if anything, I have to probably say that my dad did more to try to talk me out of getting into the car business than he did to get in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's, let's do this. You you kind of did know, though, because of your, your grandfather and your father, you sort of knew early on that you were going to do this. And so as you describe your dealership today as a training dealership, you know, that's the way you talked about it when we yep. talked about it during the job fair that you want to bring people in who are great communicators and show them a path, a career path inside your company where your grand grandfather and father sort of did that to you as well. You had this opportunity to learn from the ground up. And then you, you, when it's time to go to college, you sort of took a a very non-traditional route, but it, but it was very important in terms of what your chosen field was going to be. Talk about that. It was. It's important to know. I mean, these car dealerships are in every major market and even in small towns. These there's a great living to be had by working in car dealerships. And there's not there's nothing out there preparing people. People end up in car dealerships. They don't seek them out. So it's so our approach to being a teaching dealership is to show people that there's great careers to be had here. And you can start um, changing oil and become a master certified technician that can make six figures. You can start selling cars and then become a general sales manager in charge of a team of people making sure they all succeed. It's, it's a very great business. Um, but when I went to college, I went to, I went to JD for a little while. I went to Ole Miss for two and a half years, but then there, there was a school in West Palm beach, Florida called Northwood university and they had an automotive management marketing program. And I got a BBA in automotive management. And uh, there were former dealers that taught, former manufacturer representatives that taught classes in there. And uh, and the, the bigger element of it for me was I worked at a uh, high-end luxury dealership in West Palm Beach. And you can imagine, I, I was around Rolls Royces, Bentleys, BMWs, Porsches, Audis, some of the highest-end brands in a high-end market. And uh, that was an education in and of itself. And I was this young Mississippi guy that had this big smile on his face walking around. And um, and I knew a lot about the business. And, and it was interesting to see all those South Floridians that worked there say, you know, how does this guy know so much about what we're doing here? Because I was a fly on the wall. I was trying to learn everything that they did. And they did a very good job at it. So um, let's let's fast forward a little bit. Um, okay. You. We got, you were involved in the dealership and your father passed away in 2013. Uh, but there was still work to do before you could, you know, take over, take over the dealership. Um, you, you worked hard. And, and, and I know from my experience in working with, with dealers, um, it's not, uh, it's not an automatic thing that happens. You had to prove yourself with uh, Toyota in this case. Um, and you did that, but that, that, that was, a it, it was, it, it was not something that was just obviously going to happen. You had to, to go through certain steps to make that happen. Talk a little bit about that. That's right. Um, okay. To be a dealer, you have to show that you represent the brand well, that you can achieve, um, you know, market shares that's in line with what the rest of the country does. You have to show that you can have customer satisfaction that's uh, above and beyond what the what the typical should be. They set benchmarks and parameters, and you have to hit those benchmarks and parameters, and including uh, be profitable because a business can't stay open if it can't be profitable. And 
And then the the ability to minimize turnover with all the people. And I think that window of time was Toyota seeing how I handled um, that that major change of, of, of my dad was the dealer for, for 30 years. And he, it, it, he had everything going in place and he had built this new dealership and, you know, it, it was tough to lose him. And, um, that period before I was able to buy it was, uh, was crunch time. <laughs> and, uh, you, you obviously passed the test. And one, one of the things that you and I talked about the last time we were together was this point of you honor your grandfather and your father. But one of the beauties of being young and being involved in the industry, the way that you are, that you get this opportunity to make sure that the dealership that you're building and continue to build, I mean, you never arrive. It's, it's a constant journey to right. constantly tweak and make things better. Is a dealership that serves the needs of today and, and hopefully is focused on where it might be going tomorrow. Uh, so it's really important you sort of blaze your own trail, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what customers come to expect. You know, I've said previously that car car business, people don't necessarily want to deal with car dealers. I mean, and the, just the negative stigma that's gone over from decades past uh, is still a lingering effect in our business. And, and people get nervous about buying a vehicle. If we can take a little bit of that nervousness out of the process through people that are that are open and ready to help, that's what that's what gets results and results means that we help more people we sell more cars we service more cars we do it right the first time and then we offer services that are kind of i won't even call them groundbreaking like right now the deliver you know don't come to the dealership do your paperwork online and we'll deliver the vehicle to you that's all available we still find that a lot of people want to test drive and they want to look at the vehicle. It's a big purchase. I went and we understand that, but, um, rental rental cars, we've, we've never really had rental cars as a standalone business. We adopted that a few years ago and it's huge now. And, you know, that's not something we used to do. So there's, there's other routes. There's aftermarket, there's, um, you know, selling tires and lift kits for trucks and accessories, all these kinds of things that if we could, if we can take any one of them and run, run head first into it and grow it. So one of the things as a dealer, um, as a, I will say as a CEO of a company, you're um, like a lot of the CEOs I talk to, you realize that you're, you're certainly what you bring to the community is building a strong business that can stand the test of time, which when I say that, what I mean is that it's, it's viable, that it's employing people, that it's successful, that it's, that it's growing and it's strategically aware and all those things. You have to be able to do that. But then there's a part of you that says, okay, in order for me to make sure that this dealership and the work that we do is always in tune with the community, I've got to be involved in the community. So, you know, you were just recently uh, the, the past president of the Rotary Club. You've been involved in Boy Scouts. You're, you know, we'll talk about the industry involvement here in just a second. But that's really important, isn't it? Absolutely. I was the 2018 Heartwalk chairman um, at following Butch Ostelet, and it was so great. Butch and I did a commercial together, and that, that was so much fun. That was also a way our production company could help out. Um, we raised a bunch of money, but um, Rotary's uh, uh, tag phrase is "service above self." It just it just makes sense, and and you know this 
this coast has been great to me and I want to be great to it. And I want to be great to it long-term and uh, serving as the Rotary club president was an awesome, uh, awesome thing. I kind of went through the, through the, through the positions on the board and then became the president. And uh, my presidency ended, you know, mid pandemic, which was trying to keep the club together. And Will Shirley, the next president that's been president right now, he's doing a great job of, of conducting meetings just like we're doing right now on zoom and Skype and all these other ways to keep the club involved. Because it's so important for people to embody service above self, especially when people are suffering. And we know that there's a, an inordinate amount of suffering going on right now. And people that, that set out to make the world a better place, this is where they shine. And I, I feel it's our responsibility as a successful business to pay it forward and to give back and to do the things that we do. And the, the very best way is with our time. And uh, that's, what, that's what I've tried to do. What I, what I'll, I have, I've personally not been a member of the, of the Rotary Club, but over the many, many years, wherever I've been, I've always connected with the Rotary Club and spoke, spoke to them on numerous occasions. I always found that the, uh, the questions that I would get would be so insightful and that, you know, my, my observation when I was speaking to these groups, no matter where I was, is that there was a, a good uh, age variance out there. So you had young, young oh, yeah. leaders involved, involved all this great opportunity to sort of mix and mingle and make sure we pass on. But, you know, if you think about this for a minute, we, we in coastal Mississippi, we're really gifted with a lot of dedicated people who live here. Um, but, you know, the, the mantle sort of is always getting passed from sort of the, an older generation to a younger generation and teaching them the values that make Coastal Mississippi so special is really important. And teaching them commitment, you know, a commitment to the community, uh, not expecting anything back, but just giving it, you know, giving whatever you can give. It might be your leadership. It might be volunteering in some kind of community work. It, there's a wide range of ways people can contribute. But uh, we, we're gifted here that we have so many people who fit that description, aren't we? Absolutely. Absolutely. General Joe Spragans and Mike Matthews uh, showed up in my office one day and said, you're going to join the Rotary Club of Gulfport. And, 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 and I did, and I'm glad I did. And I'm glad they came that day. And without their, their leadership and, and uh, encouragement, I, I might not have had that opportunity. Yeah. S selfless leadership, selfless that's leadership. That's what, that's what Rotary, Rotary stands. That's what so many organizations in coastal Mississippi right. stand for. Hey, when we come back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna. This is Jonathan Allen from J. Allen Automotive. We're, we're gonna talk a little bit about industry involvement, and then we're gonna wrap it all up and um, and and maybe talk a little bit about where the dealership goes from here. How does he view the future of his dealership? But we'll we'll see that uh, when we come back after the break. Coast View on Super Talk One Hundred Three Point One is brought to you by Allen Toyota on I Ten Exit Thirty Eight Gulfport. See all of the incredible inventory at AllenToyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think Allen Toyota. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View, View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have 
Jonathan Allen from J. Allen Automotive with us this morning, and we're going to talk a little bit about his industry involvement and where his dealership goes from here. But before we do that, I just wanted to mention that I've on this show several times mentioned Matthew McConaughey, the work that he's doing in Austin as the Minister of Culture. And essentially what he says, for, for those of you who have not heard me talk about this, he's said this, that political sort of affiliations divide us. And America could not be more divided than it is today, unfortunately. But the, the values of a local community, the values in that local community, those are the things that actually bring us together. That's what, that's what, that's what creates this love of, of community, no matter what your political affiliation is. And he thinks we've got to work harder to remind ourselves what these things are. And in fact, believes that he should put together, we should put together a marketing campaign of these values and, and, and market back to ourselves while we live in this community. It, help, it will help people who move here understand what those values are. But, um, but you, you get that, don't you, Jonathan? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, if I, if I may, we're all awesome. We're really great. I mean, our whole coast is great. We've got really great people. And, uh, you know, yeah, we need to celebrate that every chance we can get. I think it's easy. I think these some of these things, what's at the base of this is uh, we, we sometimes forget the basics. And we take these things for granted. And, um, you know, I would say social media and all that other stuff is working really hard through their artificial intelligence. I've talked about all this on the show. That, and it's dividing us as a community, and it creates so much noise. Sometimes it's so hard to sort through that. And I think a, a, a nice little reminder, the, the small part that I can play here on Coastview, to remind us what really brings us together in this community, I think is important. But, but anyway, thank you for, for adding to that. Um, you're uh, incoming chair of the uh, Mississippi Auto Dealers Association. You'll take over July uh, 2022. 22, of course, obviously. Yes. Um, so um, that's a that's a great connection, isn't it? It is. Um, I, I asked uh, my grandfather years ago, should I get on the MADA board? And uh, and he said, you know, you got a lot of time to do that. But I was like, you know, I'm motivated to do it and I'm motivated to do it now, which which that was uh, seven or eight or eight years ago now. And and now it's my turn. I, I take the chairman reins in July and I go through 2022 and it I, I've learned how special I believe car dealers are all over the state and even all over the country. Car dealers play a big impact in their communities, and and most of them have very um, good meaning methodologies as to how they want to operate and what they want to be to their community. And I love being a representative of that. And uh, it's it's helped me become more than just Toyota because normally dealers, birds of a feather flock together. I'm always with Toyota dealers in various meetings and that kind of thing. Well, the Mississippi Auto Dealers Association allows me to affiliate with all other dealers of all brands and see how we operate differently based on what brand we sell or what market we're in. But overall, it's a great group of people that are all out to help the people get a good vehicle at, at, at a process that's easy for them. And I love being involved in that kind of advocacy. I really yeah, do. And it's, it's a great learning opportunity, as you point out. I mean, if you're really focused on best practices and what works and how, you know, what, what maybe there's a Chevrolet dealer up in Tupelo that's doing something special. You can learn exactly. about that and bring it back to bring it back to the coast. So where do you see, you see your the dealership at this point for? What kind of plans do you have? 
Well, um, in the near term, we're we're about to grow a big um, certified used car business. That's our that's our mission for 2021. Um, we're seeing a huge demand for affordable, quality used cars, and there's a lot of cheap used cars out there, but we're, we're committing to do the work to recondition them properly so they can be great for a customer right here in South Mississippi. Um, long term, we would like to represent other brands. And um, I've got uh, probably four or five people within the dealership that they could be a future general manager. And that's the, that's the name of the game in car business is you have to have people just like I had to prove myself during that period. You got to have people that know how to run a dealership that we're basically five, six, seven businesses under one roof, new car sales, used car sales, parts, service, body shop. If you have one, um, finance, we work with banks and lenders. It's a lot to maintain. It's a lot to oversee. And, uh, you know, working with other manufacturers is definitely in our future, and I'd love to be able to provide opportunities. That's the biggest part for our growth, and the reason for me wanting growth is for uh, other people to have opportunities in car business that they might not have ever thought possible. But they did the right thing by coming and interviewing here. That's 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 what I like to uh, like to do. I ask people all the time. I ask this one question: If you hit the Powerball, how would you live your life? Okay, it's safe to say that you're probably not going to hit the Powerball. But you can still live that life. And I ask people all the time, how can working at Allen Toyota or an Allen dealership uh, help you live the life of a, of a Powerball winner? Because you don't necessarily have to do that to get that fulfilling, gratified life. And, uh, and something as simple as being an employer that cares about that, that's my mission. I, I love the I love the thought of of all that you just shared, just within the whole guise of this training, um, this training culture that you want to create, where there's a career path, and by being able to expand your business and create general management positions, that's just another step in the career path to yes. show people you're pretty serious about that. But anyway, hey, listen, uh, we're out of time, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure to catch up with you. I knew that I would enjoy it, and I have. Me too. Um, you know, just been uh, it's been good just learning more about what makes you tick. And I always tell you, just keep up the great work. Stay, keep keep your commitment to the community. I can tell you that's that's big time appreciated. And uh, have a great day. Thank you so much, and thank you, Ricky, for doing this. It's always great to hear everybody. You get get talking, get them open up. It's good. It's good. Okay, buddy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Coast View, and we'll see you tomorrow. Broadcasting safe and sound from the coastal Mississippi studios, this is Coast View View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.